2: because you are entering the no-wining world of January Jones.
0: Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast today. I'm wearing one of my glitter cowboy hats. My new brand is the Glitter Granny, And as you can see, I have had all kinds of hats lined up. Each week, I'm going to wear a different one. You know, I'm approaching 80, so I figure at this stage of life, I can pretty much wear anything I want, say anything I want, and I'm hoping do anything I want. Now, my listeners... Let me ask you a question. You know, I'm very happy to have my guest on today because I'm doing some research on him. And I found one of his mantras is ask good questions and get good answers. So that's my plan today. <laughs> Let me ask you, my listener, have you ever met someone who grew up in the entertainment world? Now, can you imagine what it would be? be like to have a mom who goes by the name Mrs. C and worked on happy days. <laughs> Do you wish, ever wish, or ever thought you could meet someone who would be featured on Welcome to the Chippendales? Ah, that's interesting. Would you like to meet someone who is an impressionist extraordinaire? I watched him on YouTube, and this man is amazing. He does impressions that are drop dead right on point. Amazing to watch. He is also a comedian, actor, and he's a voice artist, along with so many other talents. Would you like to hear what it's been like for him? He's worked with people like Julia Roberts, Al Pacino, And let's not forget director Ron Howard, who we all know. If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones Sharing Success Stories. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my guest. He is an actor, as I told you, impressionist extraordinaire, voice artist and improvisational comedian, that's a hard word for me, (laughs) best known for his work on Whose Line Is It Anyway? and Impress Me. Currently playing Colonel Sanders in the popular KFC commercials, as well as George Washington crossing the Delaware
1: Turnpike
0: (laughs) for Geico, which is an incredible thing to watch. And his, that actual, that commercial <laughs> led his mother to claim that she is now the mother of the father of the country, which is incredible. He's going to be portraying Phil Donahue, who was one of my favorites in Welcome to the Chivantels. I'd like to welcome to the show today, Jim Messinger. Hi, Jim. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing good. Uh, <laughs> thank you for having me on the show, January.
0: I'm ha- so happy to have you, and I, I I love it that we're both wearing hats today.
3: <laughs> and we're both wearing a lot of orange, too.
0: Well, you know, actually, that's what happened. I put the shirt on, and then I thought, well, what hat will I wear today? And it just screamed orange. <laughs>
3: that's, that's how I get dressed, too.
0: Yeah. Tell me where your hat came from. What's your theme?
3: <laughs> where my hat came from? Oh, yeah. it's it's just a, it's just a head covering. <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> fancy.
1: <laughs> okay. I
0: cover not, my
3: head quite often these days.
1: It's
0: not part of your hope for brand is it?
3: <laughs> a little bit, I guess so. I mean, I wear a hat a lot of the time, so, you know, it's usually just a cap or a, uh, sure. something turn, turned around backwards. Yeah.
0: It's been so much research, fun, fun researching you for the show and seeing you are just an amazing person. Um, before we begin the show, let me ask you one question that I've been asking everyone who comes on: mm-hmm. How did the pandemic affect you? How did it affect your career? How did it affect your personal life? Any thoughts on that?
3: Wow. Yes. Well, it, it had a huge effect on me and everybody I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we didn't suffer terribly. Uh, uh for work because i do a lot of work from home anyway i'm a voice artist yeah uh, you mentioned that i mentioned i do the voice of colonel sanders which is true i've been doing a <laughs> colonel sanders voice for quite some time and that's a you can do just about anywhere so uh, i did that from home
0: i love it i love it just do that any moment you feel the urge
3: <laughs> <laughs> i generally do thanks and then yeah. i i do books as well i have narr- narrated quite a few over a hundred audiobooks at this point, And then that's something that I can do at home. But I did feel very uh, frustrated and disappointed uh, in the way that the whole pandemic uh, kept us locked down away from one another, separated and isolated. And I, I felt for my fellow citizens and my fellow artists who couldn't perform, who couldn't do holiday gatherings, who couldn't go to funerals, yeah. or or weddings during this horrible time, the kids that, uh, you know, had to stay at home and, and try to socialize at an early age uh, without being able to be with other kids really physically. I, I just, I think it was a disaster, you know, and, and so the effects of it, I think we're going to be feeling for some time, but for me, it was, I, I mean, I work, I was one of the lucky ones. I was able to keep working. We had a fine, we had a fine year overall for 2020 and 2021 was fine also. But mm-hmm. uh, I know that my, I, I, you know, I look around when I drive around even my neighborhood, I see the many, many empty bu- buildings, businesses that were once, you know, st- struggling or thriving businesses, whatever, are just gone. And that's, that's horrible. I also see a great deal of homeless people on the streets and wow. uh, in my area in Los Angeles. And I, I can't help but think that that too was a result of, of how this, uh, Was handled so, not to be a downer, but it was a it was terrible, terrible.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I think it's just something, you know. I I always talk about it on the show because I like to ask people how it affected different people, different areas of the country, and I, I call it the pandemic pause, which we were all forced to take. Some people come on the show and they say it was just a blessing if you can believe that and that caused them to step back think things out redo make a new plan but then for other people it wasn't so easy to do and i think there's repercussions across the whole country uh it affects every industry in the country and it pretty much affects every family in the industry or in the country don't you think
3: hundred percent january absolutely
0: I know, I know. I I hope, I hope, I pray. I think we're coming out of it, and um, I think things. I, I'm always the optimist. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: No whining. No
1: whining. You got there's the a, There's
3: a something got- I remember, similar sort of thing that I remember reading about. Uh, uh, I think it was. I think it was Game of Thrones, but it might have been might have been Lord of the Rings. Anyway, one of these huge epics where they have you know thousands no. of extras that are dressed in battle gear and have to be smeared with mud and blood and and then yeah. uh, somewhere in one of the tents where these men and women were being made up every day, which basically consisted of them getting up very early in the morning somewhere in England probably and being <laughs> smeared with cold makeup, and there was a sign up on the on the on the tent wall saying, no moaning.
0: (laughs) And I would have said, no whining.
3: (laughs) They were were even tighter then. They didn't want to hear your moaning.
0: (laughs) yeah, 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 That's for sure, especially at those hours of the morning. You know, I've been having so much fun researching your career, your life. And you grew up in Hollywood, obviously, because that's where your mother worked.
3: Well, 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 actually, I mean, not uh, to be picky and uh, not Hollywood proper. I mean, Hollywood is down the road from us about a half an hour. I'm in the suburbs of the San Fernando Valley. I'm a valley guy.
0: Okay. Well, we lived in uh, Westlake Village
3: Yeah.
0: for 40 years. And we were always going in, into the valley back and forth. And so it's not, I agree with you. It is not Hollywood. Yeah. It's actually probably a pretty nice place. For someone who's a child of Hollywood to grow up, don't you think? Because you're a little bit more anonymous there.
3: Oh, absolutely. And and uh I was anonymous anyway for years because I didn't it wasn't my career. But yeah, yeah it was a, we had a very uh a very horsey kind of environment too. There were a lot of equestrian stuff going on in our neighborhood back in the sixties where I lived. I still live in the same house that I grew up in. I went away for a long time and that uh, stayed in the family and I basically Uh, My mom gave it to us uh, to live in when we moved back from New York City. I raised my daughter here.
0: I love hearing that because we were in Westlake Village for 40 years, and one of our daughters is who was born there is still living there with her two twins. Hmm. Isn't that great to have been someplace that long? I love it.
3: I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we just redid our kitchens. Other than that, we haven't changed it a whole lot. So, <laughs> but it's a very, very comfortable place. And I, you know, I've spent so many years here. I just I feel like I know every inch of it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. we we could have done a lot worse. Mom, uh, among the many things that she did uh, right and generously, uh, was that she she provided homes for both of both of our, my my sister and I.
0: Oh what a wonderful thing to hear and you know it's exactly what you would expect her to do. <laughs> and, and we all grew up with her and and I oh, Excuse me. Okay. I love yeah. what you did that uh, commercial of Washington. <laughs> And then she comes up, well, if he's the father of the country, I'm the mother. How cool was that?
3: Yeah, Um, Washington crossing the Delaware Expressway for GEICO. Yeah, it was a fun one to do.
0: That was brilliant. Now, when you do these commercials, how much input did did you have when they were filming it? Were you involved in it?
3: Well, I you know they had the script and they and then they tried a lot of things and then I pitched some things so yeah I think one of the lines that I improvised actually made it into the final spot so usually on commercials they're they're uh, grateful if you have any kind of idea to try to especially if it's humorous and so the you know they can they can burn a lot of they're just going for thirty seconds so they can burn a lot of uh, tape as it is and, uh,
0: <laughs> and then back to well, editing speaking yeah. of commercials here's one for my book Thou Shalt Not Wine which Jim doesn't do, and uh, if you'd like to have a wonderful gift for Christmas, this is a great suggestion.
2: Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones. The author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top ten things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th Commandment, you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com.
0: Welcome back with my guest, Jim Eskiman. now, Jim, share with our listeners, please, if you would, your contact information, how they can get your uh, i don't know if you, you you do have some books now,
3: don't you? I have some ebooks connected to a course that I offer in how to be a working actor, and that's oh. available at jimworkingactor.com. dot com yeah, I put together a, a series of videos and ebooks about uh, how to start with your acting career, how to maintain it and keep it growing. I've been an actor for 35 years, so
1: oh, I, okay. I've
3: learned many lessons. And I learned a lot of lessons from my mom, Marion Ross, as well. Mm-hmm. And I put it all together in a course with videos and e-books. And there's also a course about voiceover for people interested in getting into voice, voiceover. And a, uh, a course in even in, in doing impressions, because I know there are a few people out there interested in that. So that's I- all available at JimWorkingActor.com.
0: Oh, I love that. Okay, we'll put that down on the bottom of the screen during the show. Now, when you look at this whole situation, what would you say are the pros or the cons of the working and growing up in the environment that you grew up in?
3: Well, mostly pros. I mean, uh, as far as I, I got a great education by being able to observe my mom, a working actress who, you know, was a struggling sort of actress, Doing mm-hmm. guest star spots, commercials, small roles in films, uh, most of her early career she did have uh, she was on a soap opera for a little while, so that was a steady employment, but most of the time she was you know hunting and looking for the the bigger opportunities and being quite dogged about it yeah. and she was inspiring that way, so I watched that development i mean i didn 't really have a choice. we lived together she after I was about eight year, years old, she was a single. Mom, my folks got divorced, so oh. Marion was raising myself and my sister alone yeah. and without much help, and uh, also pursuing this this career, which mm-hmm. eventually turned out to be pretty phenomenal and, yeah. and definitely rare so growing up in that environment, I observed that uh, i wasn 't always happy with it, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it was eventually when it when it became Something that was very positive for Mom and her career really started to slowly ascend. Yeah, uh, that was really good because obviously we had our physical needs met uh, much more easily. And uh, but the best thing for me is that I learned how to be a you know how a professional operates, how a professional actress or artist of any kind mm-hmm. uh, interacts with other people, how they build their career, how they keep you know you know you'll understand this January because you would, you inspire people not to whine. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of actors, a lot of actors, and you know I've been guilty of this myself. It's it's easy to complain about uh, the I don't know the sort of desperate things that happen and the sort of uh, long periods where you're unacknowledged for what you do, uh, the uh, the uncertainties and all that. And it's easy to tell stories and to whine and to complain, and and it almost feels cathartic. But it really, at the end of the day, it's not nearly as cathartic is actually getting busy and doing something that might result in a job.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
3: I, I feel like I, I got a really good education in that because my mom was not one to sit around and complain at all. She was one to get busy and do things. And she would, you know, for example, doing a play in Los Angeles especially is, is kind of a thankless uh, pursuit. Uh, you'll, you'll get a small audience of people. It's a tremendous amount of work. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not not very glamorous either in a town that is really devoted to film and television Uh, It's not New York in other words so she would do plays and I knew that was a lot of hard work but she did it because it fed her her creative spirit Uh and it also provided a way for people to possibly drop in and see her and get interested in her for something a little more lucrative so I learned a lot from her and and Mm-hmm. But the best of it is, yeah that that I realize that the the career of of an artist depends on the artist, their gumption, their um, uh, ability to figure out what they want to do and to push forward their initiative and their their efforts.
0: you know, having lived out there for forty years and having so many friends who were in the industry and neighbors and kids and whatnot, and watching it all. It is such a tough career. Let me tell you, I've watched it from the sidelines, and the part where you deal with rejection, that can be just horribly uh difficult to deal with and uh, these people, you know they're that one drop down, they jump up, they go back to that next audition, and uh, it's an amazing group of people that I've grown to love admire and um, I think it's wonderful that we've been able to have so many of them share their story with us because lately I've been reading I love nonfiction, so I'm reading biographies all the time and a lot of them are stepping forward and saying hey this is not a cakewalk don't you agree
3: I do I do mm-hmm. yeah it's a challenge but that sort of makes the wins when they come along uh, even more, more sweet and, and, and fun. When you book a job these days, it's like a miracle because <laughs> the competition is so fierce.
1: Yeah.
0: And,
3: uh, you yeah. know, no, nobody owes you anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: it's a very youth oriented market, always has been. And that, you know, always is working against anybody, no matter what their age is because you begin to slowly age out of something a lot quicker than you think you are. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, but again, it it, it is such a thrill then to actually pull something off. uh, Yeah. It it outweighs to some degree the, uh, you know, the evaluation. Also, I I think anybody in life has to learn that the opinions of other people uh, can be very, can feel very damaging, but they're really only damaging if you accept them. Uh, and so, you know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, there are going to be people that are going to try to take you down a peg and are going to find fault with what you do or just be snarky. So <laughs> one, one has to learn uh, as quick as possible, you know, uh, that the opinions of other people are that they're entitled to. That's totally fine. But yeah. it doesn't really reflect on, on you at all. Uh, I find that most people, when they're very, when they're being very critical, it reflects mostly on them. It's something that they have sort of unsettled uh, problems with, or, or you know, some weakness uh, in. You know, because especially in the arts, you know?
1: you know.
0: You're sounding like you could maybe switch careers and become a therapist.
3: Well, I do like to help other people. I, uh, I I'm a minister. I'm a minister, so I. The, some some applications that
0: we're going to take a break now and for my listeners would you like to hear about my theory who killed kennedy who do you think had the motive the money and the means to commit the perfect crime of the last century
2: let me ask you a question are you still wondering who killed kennedy Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, The Tragic Love Triangle, Connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis Romantically Prior to JFK's Assassination. Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Are needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones.
0: Welcome back with my wonderful guest today. And it's exciting, all of my books with my theory that uh, happened 60 years ago and we're still asking who counts. Kill Kennedy, have all been coming out in audiobooks. And I know, Jim, you do audiobooks. And this is amazing what's happening with the industry. Uh, Audiobooks, that's where it's happening, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it seems to be a growing field. That's what I'm always being told. Uh, And I work steadily in it. And uh, my daughter also has become a very good and busy audiobook narrator. In fact, she's probably narrating something right now in her own home studio uh-huh. So uh, it's a, it's great because people are on the move. They're on the go. They want to keep being educated while they drive or while they take long hikes. And uh, I think it's great. I listen to audiobooks, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how it's evolved because I was thinking audiobooks. But, well, you know, what's this all about? Well, it is. It's a thing that's happening. And your daughter is in the industry. That's three generations. That's I right. know your sister wrote for Friends.
1: That's right. And so
0: you have a whole family that has been involved in this industry. What advice do you have for people who are listening, young people, hey, old people <laughs> who want to have a career and I know you have programs that they could follow. What could you say to people who are considering this career?
3: Well, the first thing I recommend people do is to sort of, you know, observe the television shows and movies or stage plays possibly that they see that they feel like a very strong attraction to, that they feel like that would be the kind of role that I'd love to do. That would satisfy me and be very interesting to me to do.
0: Mm -hmm. And and it
3: takes a little bit of self-reflection to kind of sort that out. Like what what part would I really like to play? Uh And, uh, uh, and to kind of uh, make a little bit of a list, you know, what sorts of roles do I think I'd be good for? And then, Start to, in some small way, create on a role like that yourself. You can either, if there's a television show or a movie that you've enjoyed watching a certain character in, don't you should memorize a little speech of theirs, you know, and, and just you don't have to perform it for anybody, but just put it on its feet in your own home and, and give it a try and feel what it's like to play that sort of character. Mm-hmm. Or look for opportunities to, you know, to present things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of actors get their start in and just in doing theater plays these days it's also very easy to videotape things and wow. whether you share it would decide to share it with someone or not yeah. you still have the experience of creating a character behaving like that character maybe saying things that that character would say and record it for yourself and then check it out look back at it see if it's most people will notice a disparity between what they think they're doing and what actually <laughs> they wind up with and yeah. that's an important thing to note <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Our body, you know, we feel a little different inside our bodies than the way that we look outside of our bodies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, an audience. And, you know, with, uh, like, this show will go on YouTube and then there's Instagram and there's just so many opportunities out there that are just all new and very exciting. When you look back on your career, I know you've done just about everything. What really, when you look back, was the most uh, favorite, your most enjoyable thing that you did?
3: Well, I usually say, and it's still true today, actually, I usually say Apollo 13, the uh, Ron Howard directed film about wow. the Apollo 13 mission. That was a, a great experience. First of all, it was a big movie. Yeah. I worked on it uh, for about a month, which is a good long time
1: mm-hmm.
0: at
3: Universal. And uh, I learned a lot just by researching and studying what the the space program was like, things I didn't know at all. Mm -hmm. And so that was of of great interest to me. It's a big subject, space travel. So I I found it a very expansive kind of thing to think about and learn about. Mm -hmm. And also I like being part of a film that had a really uh, terrific message. And the message of that film to me is that human beings, when they work together, can solve even the stickiest of problems. And uh, that's different from the themes of most movies today and even most movies over, overall. I mean, we don't experience that kind of story very often, but this was a true story. And, and that's the message that I have. And I think it's a very well told story. So that message comes through very well and people really go, yeah, you know, that uh, I know that if it's on, if Apollo 13 is on, I have to watch some of it because even though I've been, exposed to it from many, many different angles, both being a part of it and and being an observer and an audience member. i still love to hear that story being told.
0: It's it's absolutely the most positive favorite thing out there. And it, it, it proves and it teaches the fact that anything can be accomplished. And if you set your mind to it, you can do anything. I know I was very fortunate. My first husband was a test pilot. And mm. after he was killed testing, I was fortunate enough to meet the three astronauts that went, stepped onto the moon or were driving around the moon. How exciting. Did you get to meet any of the astronauts?
3: I did. I got to meet Jim Lovell. Okay. Who was The subject of the film it was played by Tom Hanks.
0: Uh-huh. And yeah. I
3: also got to meet uh, two two men who had been young men in mission control Basically, doing the kind of job I was pretending to do, yeah. but actually actually doing it.
1: Uh, two, <laughs> gentlemen,
3: two gentlemen that uh, were always on the set as consultants, so you could ask them questions any time of day, and uh, they were very gracious about it and, and uh, very you know very heroic characters indeed.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're the real deal. <laughs> so exciting! Right now, we're going to take a break, and let me ask you a question. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Well, I'd like to share with you some of the most unforgettable people who have been on my show. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you.
2: Attention all listeners. Priceless personalities, success stories shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who as a humorist helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the Deep South. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience.
0: Welcome back with my wonderful guest, Jim Meskinen. Now, Jim, uh, what prompted us to book you for the show is the uh, blurb about Chippendales. Mm. <laughs> share with our listeners what that involves and what are your future pro, pro- projects? What's coming up for you now?
3: <laughs> my future problems are, are many.
1: Uh,
0: yeah.
3: There's a, a limited series on Hulu called welcome to Chippendales. Yeah. And that is, uh, it's just rolling out. Now my episode released uh, last week and I play Phil Donahue and, uh,
1: <gasps>
0: Oh, you know,
3: I uh, had to do some research on Phil Donahue because when he was in his heyday, he was
0: there
3: uh, He w- It was in the '90s, and I was watch. I wasn't watching much TV. I was walking around New York and and working <laughs> on my own. So, but it was a lot of fun to play the role. And uh, Chippendales dancers were there. I spent a lot of time with some very sweaty men.
0: Right. <laughs> <Great. laughs> it's,
3: it's a it's a good series. I, I I've watched parts of it, and it's. It's very engaging, very, very interesting. It was, it was fun to play. I played famous people a lot. I played Johnny Carson for films as well and oh, uh, on yeah. television. Yeah. And uh, so the talk show, uh, talk show people are, are not unknown to me. Uh, people oh. that I've absorbed in my childhood still come out every now and then. My Colonel Sanders, <laughs> the same way is somebody I would have heard of quite a lot when I was growing up. So. <laughs> it's fun to replay these characters, especially uh, when you have a, you know, makeup and a set and a nice hairpiece and get to really portray someone famous. It's fun.
0: How long does it take to acquire the ability to do Do you study films? Do you, how do you get to the point where you can actually impersonate them?
3: Well, it varies, you know, as you can imagine, it depends on who the character is and mm-hmm. uh for instance, I played uh, Senator uh, Gurney uh, in a show about Watergate earlier this year called Gaslit with Julia Roberts and Sean Penn.
4: Wonderful. And Sen-
3: sure. Yeah, and Senator Gurney was not a, a guy who I was familiar with, even though I'd watched a lot of the Watergate proceedings when I was a kid. You know, it was it was on all the time, and I remembered many of the famous figures from that time. But his was a less known face less known voice uh so I had to kind of you know poke around and, and, and I, I never really felt like I, I got a good uh dose of what he you know what this guy was like because there was just wasn't much footage available that i could find uh, mm-hmm. so i created i created a kind of a based on what I knew about him and his background and so forth I created a character and uh and that's that's what it turned out to be it was a lot of fun working with. Julia Roberts and Sean Penn, I can tell you. Oh,
0: how how exciting would that be? Um, And of all the people you've impersonated, what kind of feedback have you gotten from them? Because I'm always curious about what they think when you actually wonderfully do this.
3: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Well, I've not gotten a lot of feedback, so I uh, don't expect to hear from Phil Donahue. Uh, Ron Howard, Howard, who I also... uh, I like to imitate Ron Howard because he's, uh, he's a very gifted speaker. He's very, uh,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
3: he's, he's got his own master class, which is terrific, which I've watched. And, uh, and I've, I've been exposed to his style for, for many years uh, when he was a young man all, yeah. all the way up to present day. Uh, but I know that Ron has heard my impression of him, and he's very gracious about it. So. <laughs>
0: Well, you you do it so well, I think anyone that you would do it for impersonate would be honored <laughs> to be uh,
3: chosen. Try to be, try to be respectful, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, of course you have to be respectful. Yeah, you don't want to cross the line there. Um, so when we're talking about all these famous people that you've worked with, Julia Roberts, Al Pacino, oh my God, I, I how exciting was that?
3: Uh, Well, the the thing with Al is I enjoyed him on stage Uh, when I lived in New York. Here's another actor that didn't rest on his laurels for a second. He always was working, doing plays. I understand that Al Pacino likes to, uh, when he's in his off time, he likes to memorize a role in a play. I think that's just so great. He's always like putting himself through. He's like, I don't know, he's like the Tom Cruise of the spoken word. He just, he just is incredible about how he is diligent about continuing. To, and we saw him in many, many shows in New York City. And, oh, yeah. you know, that's hard work. It's just hard work. And uh, compared to being a film actor, which is yeah. relatively simple or easy, you know, you're, you're being coddled a lot. And you can, if, if you are, are doing a scene and you need to break it up into 18 pieces, you can do that. You can't sure. do that on stage.
0: Yeah, and you can you know you can tell when you're watching him that his true love is mm-hmm. the theater and the stage, and he's so incredible. He is amazing. And as tell us a little about what it was like to work with Julia Roberts. She's so lovely.
3: She is lovely. It was it was great. I, I, uh, I you know I was sort of a, a little bit aware that you know she's it's hard not to be aware that she's like a major iconic yeah. expensive movie stars
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she she's the real right deal
3: <laughs> yeah you don't want to interfere or create any kind of friction or anything and the the fun part was that i got my character senator gurney uh uh-huh. she was playing martha mitchell and i get to grill oh. her you know uh, very savagely uh, yeah. from the, uh, the senate dais of this congressional i guess this congressional courtroom and um it was, it was a lot of fun. It's, it's unusual to, you, I didn't really meet her much beforehand or I met her briefly, but <clears throat> I didn't get to socialize with her at all and, mm-hmm. or get chatty or anything like that. And then all of a sudden we're in this scene where I'm you know, <laughs> behaving
0: Here <we> very, are.
3: <laughs> very badly. And then afterwards she was just going to go. And I had to kind of run around and, and, and catch up with her and say, Oh, Hey, Hey, thanks. That was really, that was really fun. And, uh, yeah. So my mom says hi and you know stuff all the kind of uh, warm and human things that you'd want to say to someone like that.
0: Oh, wonderful. Yeah, what a fun time you've had with your life and your career. Um I everyone asks about your mom. We hope she's doing well.
3: She is. Thank you. She's just turned 94. <gasps> and she's retired obviously and uh, uh enjoying her her estate and we see her all the time and she's just doing so well she's always quite happy when i talk to her
0: yeah you know for our listeners i'm i'm just turning 80 and guess what guys you can do a lot the older you get and uh, the more you put yourself out there i know sometimes it's hard sometimes older people tend to become very reclusive now i always ask this question for my guests now if you were able to choose someone to have dinner or lunch with uh aside from me who would you choose to spend your time with
3: That's a very good question. You know uh
0: me me I, or your mother. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. I get to spend I get to have lunch with my mother all the time.
0: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh you know maybe Groucho. Groucho would be a lot of fun, I think. And uh the great thing about Groucho is he's very amusing, but he also has a tremendous amount of experience. So he would be able to tell you stories till the cows came home or maybe before the cows came home.
4: Yeah.
3: And then maybe you could, you know, ride around on the cows. So the great Groucho, I'd, I'd say that's, that's my answer today. Ask me tomorrow. I'm sure I'll have another one.
0: Oh, I, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it, who to pick from? You have so many experiences with so many people. I'm so glad you could take the time to spend with us today and visit. Um, if you're fascinating. And again, I want to tell our listeners, go to YouTube.
1: This
0: guy is incredible. I, yeah,
3: and if you... If you go to YouTube and just look up Jim Pressions, that's kind of my handle on YouTube, Jim Pressions. You'll find uh, more stuff. Now, I'm in front of, you haven't mentioned it, but I'm in front of the Celebrity Fortune Cookie backdrop. And this is what I do every day. I, I, uh, I pull a fortune cookie out of a, out of a bowl and I read the fortune in a different celebrity voice. I usually have a wheel here where I spin and I get a celebrity name. And so I do that 365 days a year. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: Okay, yeah. Let's promote that for sure. Celebrity fortune cookie. And thank you so much. And for my listeners, I'm so glad you could join us today. Next Tuesday, live at 2 p.m., I'm looking forward to hosting Dr. Ellen Albertson, who will help us get ready to embrace the new year, 2023. My 79-year-old thought almost 80 for the day is do you have trouble parallel parking? <laughs> well, my solution to that is I've been doing that since I got my license over 60 years ago. And my solution is just keep driving and then go park somewhere else. So there you go. <laughs> I'm signing off from the rhinestone hat lady. And it's been wonderful to spend our time with Jim. Thank you for entering the No Wine Zone, and please share our stories with everyone you know. And remember, stop whining and then start smiling. And if that doesn't work, then you can just go out and start eating chocolate. Lots and lots of chocolate during this holiday season. Thank you, Jim, again, and we look forward to having you back anytime.
3: Thank you, January. I appreciate it.
0: This was fun. To my listeners, take care and stay safe until we meet again.
2: We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success stories. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life.
1: Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> you. I'm shop hot, in Canada.
4: doing the acid wash now.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm going to order these
1: for the Christmas present. Okay. For the kids. Yeah. And they all
4: said Ohio State on them? are all... Oh, okay. My Ohio State Where do you sell them? Um, just on my Facebook and Instagram. Oh. Um, ready to start Wow. Yes. No, there's there's a, a whole other backstory behind that too. So when he got back, all of a sudden he had all this money, and then there was some cover up stuff, and then my grandma's house went down, like a random fire. So I don't know if there was something in there, <laughs> that, you know, kind of tied him to that or. Yeah. Or but yeah, everything was white, you know, white. Yeah. This is your family. Oh. So I was telling her that my mom's great-uncle, there's conspiracy in our family that he was involved in Kennedy. One of the three guys. So I am telling her the story about it. On the great, I'm the you know? Yeah. And did you get the full story here? Yeah. Yeah, we talked to him like that first got here. So in this book, this guy back here with the hat. Uh-huh. That's my great great uncle Bill. He was taken into custody and then released. In the- is and is, is, it- is Chouette also in that picture? Is Chouette in that picture? Yeah. I wonder why that is. Huh. Uh, Those the three guys. That were- So they took them in and questioned him and released them. The book was released, and it was released with three guys that they took in, but it was different names and different pictures. Never asked. Oh, That's a shot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know the truth. But I'm interesting, interested to read what she has. there. Yeah.
0: And I think my mom
1: was in the you now are in
0: charge of the boys. Laura is leaving you in charge. Okay. That's right when we have this light out over the spring. Yeah. And you
1: see
4: that seal up there? And it shows. It showed up on it. Like I wouldn't be able to see that if I was. Yeah. For some reason, when the light's on, it's a pretty good. Like light for right. the. Right. Yeah. Just for something. Yeah. I think I'm mad my lid. She was telling me we're having issues with the color of the door issues I'm supposed to get uh play what do you call it are you gonna bring up for that? I think so. I think it it's got a number of different threads <laughs> <laughs> that you know probably to have to run the Home Depot again. <laughs> I don't know what I think. That's not happening today.